This is Phil Fonicaro from Troll, and you're listening to Movie Dumpster. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 4, Episode 17. Today we're talking about Troll from 1986, directed by John Carl Beekler. I'm Joel Escola. And I'm Sean O'Rourke. Welcome to the Dumpster. So yeah, here we are. This is our last film in our Fallen Empire month for August. Uh, well, we're kind of bleeding into September a little bit, but that's all right. You know, the scheduling, all that bullshit. Uh, it is what it is. We're, we're bleeding like Sonny Bono's face <laughs> in this film. We're bleeding into the next month over. We're ju- we're juicing. We're squeezing. We're squeezing a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're inserting a little body melt into the dumpster. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Connor could not join us for this one just because of scheduling issues. But he will have his uh, sort of capsule review of this film to accompany the release of this. Uh, maybe today. Maybe on this episode. Maybe this week. Uh, I don't know. Keep an eye out for it. But yeah, I think this is one of the first instances, well, I think this is the second instance where we're recording and uh, producing uh, and editing and getting this out the same day, so I hope you guys enjoy this. <laughs> Hopefully the last time this happens. Hopefully the uh, last time. But uh, hey, we, we're doing it because we love Troll. We didn't want this film uh, to fall off the fucking calendar because it is just... I gotta say, Joe, I know you probably have a ton that you want to say, but uh, this film is kind of special to me in a sense because... This is uh, one of the first films when me and you started becoming friends that you showed me and that really kind of struck a chord with me. Um, And it just like kind of stuck with me to this day. So it was really fun revisiting it after, I mean, granted, I probably watched it like maybe five years ago, so not that long ago uh, on a rewatch. But uh, man, this is a, uh, uh, this is a really warm film, I guess is what I'll say. Oh yeah, it's that big cozy blanket, baby. This is my favorite Beekler film, and it's probably my, you know, I say this a lot, like this, but it's between this and Ghoulies that are my favorite film, and not because they're, you know, the greatest film of all time, they just, like you said, they strike a chord within me that encapsulates me Mm. like a, like a, like a warm blanket, gives me the fuzzies inside, if you will, it has (laughs) all of those, it checks every fucking box uh, for me, Um, and yeah, that was, man, I, I, um, I'm trying to remember when we sat down to watch this together. Had to be like 2007, 2008, maybe at the latest. Yeah, it was a a long time ago. And, you know, I always try to remember things like that because those moments are super special to me when I, I, you know, I've said it before on the show, but like when I get to show someone a movie that I really care about, it's just it's just such an awesome experience for me because I've seen it a million times, but to to, oh, to, yeah. to gauge the other person's reaction or to see if they enjoyed it. So <laughs> it's a very good thing that you liked it. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, a, a real quick aside on that because you made me think of that uh, that idea of showing a friend or a loved one a movie that means a lot to you and engaging that reaction. Uh, my wife Sarah, uh, she was she kept telling me about. Uh, throw Mama from the Train for years. Like, oh, you got to watch this movie. It's Billy Crystal, Danny DeVito, Mama Fratelli. I was like, yeah, yeah, it sounds funny. I never saw it. Watched it like a week ago. 
Gotta say, pretty fucking funny. I don't know what I was waiting for. Oh, it's fucking hilarious, dude. And congratulations, by the way. Oh, yeah, Sean, thank you. Sean had uh, just gotten married, so uh, a big uh, round of applause from everybody listening, and uh, kisses, hugs, all that good stuff. I can uh, hear behind me somewhere in the distance, uh, so the clattering of two skeletal hands. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it's Connor or if it's that uh, whatever the fuck it was we found in the closet uh, a few episodes back. With Surge, I think that was. You're not a bachelor anymore, boy, but I still get you. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, no, she's going to get me with that wheelchair. She's going to come into the uh, into my home and just back me into a wall. And what can I really say? She's got that shotgun, that super shotgun she stole from fucking Koopa City. Dude, watch, watch her back in the shower, man, when you're getting undressed in there. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't say her name five times in the mirror, as Surge has told us. Yeah, we don't want a, uh, I was going to say a Candyman situation, but I don't even know what that would be. She is kind of like a Bloody Mary in a sense. Sort of. Oh, I'm the Candyman. Don't worry. I'll give you something sweet. <laughs> Here it comes. Yeah, she's doing the whole Gene Wilder fucking song and dance <laughs> with the goddamn cane. She's in the candy shop. Hopping out of her. But, it, but it's the shotgun and she's dancing around. Oh, my goodness. I'm the Granny Van Damme. <laughs> The Van Dam can, cause I mix it with love and I'll take your butt to school. Just make sure you take off your clothes. <laughs> who who could who could take a who could take a sweet boy and sprinkle him with dew? It's me, that's who. <laughs> Putting Kumdar out of work. Uh yo, we got a we got a we got another uh, good witch coming up in the MDU for this film, I'll tell you what. Ooh, oh yeah. We'll get to her. Now, uh, we kind of experimented with this um, on an episode that we haven't released yet that is going to be coming at you in September. But, you know, trying trying to do something a little bit more than the uh, full breakdowns of movies like we've been doing for so long. Um, not, not that it's something that we don't want to do, because it, it's more bulleted rather because you don't need to know every little minute detail of every movie that we talk about right i mean we'll talk about them but, oh sure uh, sure I, <laughs> yeah i like trying something different every once in a while and it seemed to work uh on that recording more more like more like the abridged version of the film i mean we're still gonna get into it but um not not so uh, uh minute right so the, and there's a ton to talk about behind the scenes for this so um so I guess let's get into it. I mean, before first and foremost, uh, John Carl Beekler, R.I.P. Uh, we lost him almost three years now. Uh, he's been gone, and um, he is one of, if not my favorite uh, special effects artist of all time. And there's a reason for that. It's not just, you know, there's, you know, obviously there's the greats. There's Stan Winston, there's Rick Baker, um, you know, Rob Bottin, and I love all of them. But there's something special to me about John. There's something that's always been special about John in terms of he's both a juggernaut, but also the little guy, right? He's he he hasn't won any Oscars, you know. He 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 hasn't. Um, I mean, I believe he's won some awards, but it, it, again, it's not like he's not regarded in the public eye like Baker or like Stan Winston. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, not even not even like Savini, I would argue, or even Savini. You know what I mean? And uh, and I would consider Savini sort of one of the quote unquote underdogs as well. I mean, he's a legend, but he's sure. also you know I, he's definitely more talked about than Beekler, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that's my point because it's like I knew who Savini was before I was friends with you, and I had no idea who Beekler was until you started showing me these movies. Right, and and I guess that's what I'm saying. The general public 
those are all buzz names, right? Exactly. And, you know, people know who they are, but Beekler's kind of, uh, you know, he's an unsung hero, in my opinion. And um, the reason that I love him so much is because I could always see myself as him, as someone who does special effects, um, and it was it was easily relatable, you know what I mean. Where whereas Rick and and Stan Winston and even Savini were kind of these like superhero uh, type figures, whereas Beekler was kind of like the little guy, in, in my opinion, and 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 it gave me hope for like a career in that, and and that you know you don't have to be you know, an Emmy award, you know, an Emmy award winner or an Oscar winner or whatever the fuck to, to do, to be a successful makeup artist and really make an impact, um, in people's lives and, and on screen, you know, and, um, you know, all, it, this, this man has done a Halloween, he's done effects for a hol- uh, a Halloween movie, uh, a nightmare movie and a Friday movie. And he's directed Friday 13th. Okay. S- that's pretty prolific, right? Yeah. It, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I don't, and I don't think he's talked about it. I mean, he is, look, he's talked about a lot within the community and people who know, but I think publicly, but the more, the more mainstream audience, uh, I feel like doesn't know who he is. Right. And if you don't know who he is, or you know a little bit about who he is, definitely jump into his filmography and definitely check it out. I mean, he's all over the MDU. Oh yeah. Especially the last uh, month. I mean, he's come up a ton, like between Cellar Dweller over on the uh, watch along on Patreon, Ghoulies too, Ghoulies Arena. He's done pretty. He's had his hand in almost all of the effects uh, for the Empire Pictures catalog, uh, from Beyond, mm. Bride of Reanimator, Terror Vision, right? Uh, Troll, Ghoulies. You know all of these films. Um, even more so. <laughs> I mean, look at the, the the man's track record is is incredible. But he's he's one of the big ones for me. Um, top five, if not my number one, um, special effects artist uh that i look up to and 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 even watching this film when he passed away i got to i got the chance to meet him which was amazing like it was one of those things where like i didn't know what to say to him kind of thing and i just had like so many different (laughs) so many i had like posters and tapes and all kinds of shit (laughs) for him to sign oh yeah and um I couldn't figure it out. It's one of those. It was one of those moments where you just fucking blank and you're like, ah, oh, blah, blah blah blah. Even though you know like everything. Sure. And he's like, well, what about troll? And I'm like, oh yeah, duh, troll. That's the big one. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> one of your favorite movies, and you blanked on it. I know. He kind of like he kind of like shook me out of it. Like, and I was like, oh yeah, duh, troll. Here, sign all my trolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there was so much I wanted to talk to him about. You know, again, between like the From Beyond stuff and Terrorvision and and uh, Ghoulies and 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 all that kind of stuff, demonic toys, you know, all that stuff. He, he went up. You went up there, and he was like troll, and you were like. Football? A nice football. Yes, that's perfect. Exactly. I was Ralphie meeting Santa Claus. <laughs> and Beekler turns to his assistant, get him out of here. Okay, get him out of here. <laughs> I can almost picture it verbatim, sadly enough. Wake up, stupid, wake up! You know, going down the slide and I stop my foot and I give him the troll poster. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was just such a pleasure uh, to, to get to meet. You know, when you really meet one of your heroes, um, and he was such an awesome dude, and at that time he was sick. You know, he had cancer, and um, he was not doing well. Um, and uh, I'm glad that I got a a, a chance to to be able to to meet him and and um, 
and, uh, you know, tell him how much I love him and how, uh, how influential he was in my life, you know, and he still is. So, um, yeah, he's not going anywhere in our, in our hearts and our minds. No. And like Sean said, I mean, he's, he's run, he's run through this month. You know, he, he's like, he's the granddaddy of effects for empire pictures, you know what I mean? And he's worked with all, uh, all the greats, um, in some capacity. And I'm sure, I'm sure everybody does have a fondness and a love for him within the actual FX community. And everybody knows who he is there. But if, you don't know who John Carl Beekler is, um, you know, look him up. Watch Troll. Watch all. Watch his whole catalog of movies. I mean, they're really excellent. Even Ghoulies 3. I'll even put that out there, too. I'll even say Ghoulies 1 and 2. And uh, again, go watch that watch along on Ghoulies 2 to find out what that actually means. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. But he directed Ghoulies 3. Oh, really? Yeah, he did the effects for and did the uh, and directed it. And I've heard that one is... Uh... Maybe not so good. It's a better teen sex comedy than Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolarama. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll at least give it a shot. <laughs> maybe next year. Maybe that'll be on the uh, the you know the the never ending docket we talk of occasionally. I want to I, I want to do something with Ghoulies. I'm not sure what. Um, the guys from Ghoulies on Flushed, uh, Paul Ashford and um. Romaine Plored, I, I don't know if I'm saying those that name right, but anyway, uh, they're doing like a special Ghoulies thing for Halloween, so uh, if uh, if you love Ghoulies and you're listening, um, they're looking for people to um, say something about their experience with Ghoulies, so go go check that out, Ghoulies Unflushed, um, and um, they're on Facebook and stuff, so so go find that post and do that. I, I myself need to, need to uh, get my uh, submission in as well, so definitely check that out. Oh, yeah. You could probably really... Uh... You, you, you sound like you have a lot to say. Well, it it, it can, it's only supposed to be like 30 seconds, so I got to I got to truncate it, uh, you know, uh, I got to really, uh, you know, bring it all together in that one thought. So. Yeah, hone it in. <laughs> if you will, yeah. But yeah, Troll. Man, this film is probably, I think, one of the best fantasy films ever made, in my opinion, especially for the budget. Um, you know, this, you know... <laughs> We're talking Empire Pictures, folks, like, and, and towards the ass end of Empire Pictures. Yeah, this is Fallen Empire, let, let, lest we forget. Right, this isn't Ridley Scott's legend, right, which is, in my opinion, the, the, the best uh, fantasy uh, movie of all time, and Never Ending Story is right under that, and then right under that is Troll, which is kind of funny because Atreyu is in this film, and we'll get to it. <laughs> Harry Potter Jr. Harry Potter Jr., baby. Man, there's a lot to unpack, so here we go. So this film is written by John Carl Beekler and Ed Naha. Now, Ed Naha is also uh, an Empire veteran as well. He's the man who wrote Dolls, Stuart Gordon's Dolls, which oh. which we're going to have to do at some point. Why we didn't do it for Fallen Empire is because, uh, again, we've talked about that, um, where you know we kind of wanted to shed some light on some other lesser-known stuff. And it was, you know, we're also trying to keep the, you know, I could have did a fucking Empire Pictures movie Every week this month. <laughs> but it's just not in the cards, right? Right. No, totally. But Dolls is one uh, we definitely got to come to, uh, come back to and, and uh, do a whole Stuart Gordon tribute um, as well. But, uh, you know, uh, Ed Ed Nahas wrote, uh, wrote Chud 2, uh, Doll Man, Doll Man vs. Demonic Toys, uh, Honey I Sh- and Honey I Shrunk the Kids and Honey I Blew Up the Kid, uh, just to name a few. Oh, my God. And before we get too deep into uh, John and um, his legacy and kind of um, what's going on behind the scenes with this film specifically, um, I think this is a good platform to talk about Troll 2 and... Um, quote-unquote, the other two Troll 3 movies. 
There's two troll threes? Uh, yes, there is. <laughs> so, I mean, really, when you get down to brass tacks, they have nothing to do with this film. And the only thing that kind of binds them together is this weird plant uh, people turning into plants kind of uh, 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 thread. Like motif? Yeah, yeah, and it, not even in the same way, right? Uh, we'll, we'll get to it with this film, but like for, for Troll 2, quote-unquote... Which I guess I should make this confession now. I've never seen Troll 2. Oh? I've only seen the scene that's been beaten to death online for years. You know, of, of course, the very famous, oh, my God. Okay, we're doing a watch along of, of that. Okay, I knew it was going to happen eventually, so. Well, we said, I, I don't want to cover it, right? There's nothing to. Right, well, right. There's, there's nothing, there's no reason to have a full episode talking about that film. But doing a watch along just so you can see it and we can have a fun with the patrons, that sounds like a great time. Oh, yeah. I feel like Connor would have a field day with that one. Oh, for sure. But yeah, Claudio Fagrasso's Troll 2. Troll in name only. Um, it really has not. It has nothing to do with it. And it, and if you've seen Troll and Troll Two, you'd you'd know that, right? I gotta ask though, why is Scream Factory, or at one point was packaging one and two together? Why is that a thing? Because they share the same name. Um, and for a while, it it was regarded as Troll Two. I mean, it's that's how it was released. You know, it's just weird. It's fucking weird. It's that weird Italian thing. You know what I mean? Because that because these last three films. Uh, you know the uh, Claudio Fagrasso's and um, and the other two are like co-directed and directed by Joe Diamato, <laughs> so it's like this weird. Oh, okay. You said the magic words, Joe Diamato. <laughs> yeah, it's like this weird Italian ripoff cash-in thing. And again, the only thing binding Troll Two, Troll, and the Crawlers, aka Troll Three, is this weird plant. Uh, uh, thread. Got it. Like mutant plant kind of people turning into plants or plants killing people kind of uh, motif, if you will. Because in Troll Two, they're not trolls. They're gob. They're the goblins, quote unquote. And what they do, if you haven't seen that film, is they get you to eat this concoction that turns you into a fucking plant uh, garbage uh, slime pile, and then they eat you. Ugh, that sounds uh. It's like bad taste. Kind of, yeah. It feels like that. And, you know, that, that movie, you know, Troll 2 is regarded as one of the worst films ever made. And, like, that is just not fucking true. Uh, as as with the Sorority Babes episode, or excuse me, Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama. <laughs> you don't want Lobo coming after you. You better say the whole goddamn thing. Well, because I was just about to mention Mr. Lobo because Mr. Lobo says, you know, he, he put it so perfectly in that episode. You know, the worst movies aren't... Movies like Troll 2, they're the fucking Lifetime movie of the week, who could give a shit, I can't even remember the name of films, like, those are the bad movies. The holiday switches of the world. The holiday switches of the world. And do we have to refer to Exhibit A, Pluto Nash, in every episode? <laughs> I'd, I'd watch Troll 2 on repeat all day, then watch Pluto Nash again. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Troll 3, the third movie is directed by uh, Fabrizio Laurenti, and then I guess some stuff was shot by Joe D'Amato, or like Joe D'Amato finished it. He went in there at night, and he was like, yeah, let's see what I can <laughs> stick in here, get my, get my own name on here. It's possible. But yeah, this movie is called Contamination 7, uh, Troll 3, The Creepers, The Crawlers, or Troll 3, Contamination. 
and it has nothing to do with Troll or Troll 2. <laughs> it's about fucking mutant plants that kill people. That's what it is. And they fucking kill them with bulldozers at the end. It has nothing to do with the, either of the first two films. And then the, the unofficial third... Uh, uh, Jesus Christ. The second Troll 3... It's not Troll 4. They called this one Troll 3 as well. Um, and it's actually at a sequel to Ator. And this one's directed by Joe Diamato. And it's known as Quest for the Mighty Sword, which is probably what most people know it as. Um, Troll 3, The Hobgoblin. Ator 3, The Hobgoblin. Or Troll 3. And the only connection that that has to do... It's more of an Ator movie, right? Um, the only connection that it has to do with Troll 2... Um, is that they reuse one of the uh, animatronic uh, goblin heads from Troll 2, and but he's dubbed as the Hobgoblin in the, in the film. It's fucking weird, <laughs> and that's the weird legacy of these films. It's just the Italians trying to cash in on, on, on semi-successful uh, films, <laughs> I guess, or whatever. Yeah. I, I guess when all the Jaws ripoffs didn't work, they said, "You know what? We got it. We got to go cheaper. We got it. We got to rip off the puppet movies." <laughs> it's also the thing where like Charles Band and the Band family has ties, big ties in Italy, and a lot of the stuff was shot in Italy. Like Troll was shot in Italy, and most of the crew um, is Italian. Um, I think the set designer for Troll is the same set designer for um television i believe so right i think we were talking about that a little bit with surge when he uh was on yeah definitely for arena the same guy who did troll and and arena are the same guy which again uh, arena which uh, will have that commentary track out for on patreon like the set design in that movie just like i can't believe that was a million dollar budget for that film dude it's incredible that movie's so fucking good like again we talk about it on the, i don't want to spoil too much but we talk about it on that on that commentary track we got to come back and do an episode of that because it's yeah it's like worthy enough that it needs to be talked about um in a, in a big way in a in a breakdown kind of way and I don't think that's even on Blu-ray or anything. I don't know. I got to double check that. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, so here we come to the inception of Troll. Um, originally, John Carl Beekler wanted to have a sort of, uh, uh, you know, Torok was a monster. Torok is the troll in this film, the titular troll in this film. And he was a monster who was kind of killing all of these people in this apartment complex, like slasher style, like one after another. Now... If uh, if you watched our um, Cellar Dweller watch-along on Patreon, it seems like he got to do that with Cellar Dweller, right? Even though Cellar Dweller is kind of like a little bit goofier and like comic booky, Yeah. That's kind of what that movie is, right? A monster systematically kind of killing folks <laughs> in this um, school, right? Yeah, I would agree. So he does that in 88 and Trolls 86, so there you go. But Charles Band was like, no, 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 you're not doing a slasher-style movie like... This needs to be more marketable to people. So he's, you know, he, you know, Charles Band was like, you know, we want to do a PG thirteen thing, um, and and have this sort of uh, fantasy element incorporated where they can sell it to kids. Like it'd be scary enough, um, you know, that adults could enjoy it, but also, you know, kids, you know, eighties kids could could uh, consume it because, uh, you know, Never Ending Story is two years prior to this, I guess, and they even have Noah Hathaway. So like there, there is. Noah Hathaway is a tray, by the way. There is obvious ties to what Charles was kind of trying to do with this movie, like producing-wise, you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, speaking of Noah Hathaway, we did take a picture with him at the Mahoning Drive-In, 
And uh, we were kind of holding on to it for a while for reasons that uh, may go unrevealed. But uh, we're going to probably post that now that this episode is coming out. Well, you, uh, the cat's out of the bag now. I was going to bring it up when he showed up. But, um, but yeah, we got to, we got to meet uh, Noah Hathaway at the screening of A NeverEnding Story. Or The NeverEnding Story at uh, the Mahoning Drive-In. And um, I got to tell you something. Um, he was nice. Yeah, no, he was. He was nice enough, but I also was paying him to to sign my memorabilia. Um, but uh, you know, we tried to get him as a guest for this month, and um, he ended up giving me a fake phone number. So that's cool. Uh, <laughs> and just like never, you know, I, either it was fake or he just like never returned my calls or or uh, messages. Um, anyway, it, it was just one of those things where, you know, I, I try, you know, nobody. Everybody that we've reached out to and has come on the show as a guest um, for an interview, like whether it be a director or an actor or what have you, um, have been super cool. Um, and we're delighted to kind of talk about these films. And uh, we thought Noah Hathaway would uh, be that guy, but uh, turns out he's not. So it is what it is. But uh, it's kind of a bummer because that would have been super special, I, I think, for the listeners. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Maybe maybe some other time. But we got his picture. But we got us. his picture. And I got, all, I got my fucking poster and my tape signed. So there you go. So you win at the end of the day there, Joe. Uh, kind of. I, I, you know. Small victories. Small, <laughs> small victory. We'll take them. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, um, so this film gets made, and uh, it's scored by the, uh, I just want to talk about the score now, uh, by Richard Band. Very memorable. This score, yeah, it's very memorable, and it's just so damn good. You know, the troll song, as we call it, but it's, it's it, the song is called Cantos uh, Profane, but um, it's such a, there's something about it. It's like this kind of ritualistic chant, uh, 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 um, What's the word I'm looking for? What is like a? Uh... Um, I mean, I almost think about it almost like a. It's a. It's it's like, it's happy, but it's haunting at the same time. Oh sure, like, yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it, it. But it's almost like a. Re- it's almost like a religious kind of. Um... Like song or dance or something like yeah, that. Yeah, almost like a religious hymn kind of. Right. Right for the fairy world. <laughs> it's pretty fucking amazing. Um and I don't know what lang- I maybe they're singing in Latin. I have no idea what the fuck um they're talking about. Um but uh a big part of that is it, there's like a part in the song where they're like herber herber wink herber 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 wink. And um it's just funny because like you know everybody that I've shown this movie to that's something that always sticks with them is that part of the film where there's like this kind of musical number with with that song um like even Chris Barr who we do talks from the dark side with is a huge fan of this movie and and that song and like we put it on like Halloween playlists and shit and like you know share it for each other's birthdays on their on our walls and stuff for that on like Facebook or like my buddy my buddy Colin Feeney um that I grew up with when we were like kids like like young teens um before I met Sean we'd watch this like all the time and and I was like that was a big thing with us and uh now my wife I got my wife singing it cuz we uh, we played it we spun it last night and she's been <laughs> singing it all fucking day um, it's a good one oh it's great I got the vinyl of this the original one and oh uh we're actually giving away, or we've gave it away already, but that Ghoulies f- record from uh, 
we release whatever the fuck we want records put out Terrorvision, Troll, and Ghoulies on vinyl. So you can go grab one of those. And they're in the UK, but, it, you know, it's reasonably priced if you want to pick it up. The, the reissue of uh, Troll or Terrorvision or Ghoulies, for that matter. Nice. Yeah, but it's a fucking, oh my god, excellent, excellent soundtrack. It's just so, the whole thing is just so whimsical and, and really I think it's one of Band's best, or, or Richard Band's best, um compositions rich richie band richie richie band richie and charlie <laughs> there's a couple other things that we can talk about but you know we can get into it as we as we talk about uh this movie so so let's do it uh you want to plot crunch this oh will i um there's not really a ton to plot crunch honestly i mean there's a lot going on in this film but it's it's, it's easy to explain because uh this family the potter family uh they move into this apartment complex which is then uh, kind of taken over by this uh, troll, Torok, who is trying to essentially turn all the rooms into different parts of this forest dimension. And if he succeeds, uh, essentially he'll be able to, like, turn the rest of the world into a forest or something. Uh, and th- that'll give him power. Yeah, it explodes forth in, the, in a fourth dimension that will kind of consume <laughs> the world as we know it. Yeah, with, with little... Uh, Beakler creatures and uh, mushrooms that can fucking giggle and laugh. Yeah, he's gonna merge the realms, dude, with Koopa. <laughs> yeah, he, he, him, and Shang Tsung are brothers <laughs> of uh, different, are, are brothers from a different mother. Yeah. Um, and then you know we have little Harry Potter Junior. and this uh, witch character, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of trying to stop it from uh, getting that far because also uh, the main character's sister gets basically taken over by the troll. Yes. Which we'll uh, get into. And that's pretty much it. And they, they basically try to stop it from happening all the way up until the final minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the Potters, okay? Not those Potters, but maybe? My, we got Michael Moriarty here playing uh, Harry Potter Sr. And you've seen him in a ton of shit. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. Uh, he's in Q the Winged Serpent, uh, It's Alive 3, The Island of the Alive, um, The Stuff, of course, uh, Bloodlink, and, and Dark Tower. I guess we you have to eat some shaving cream every ten, once in a while in your life uh, or something. Yeah, when that Will Fork, when that Will uh, Wheaton looking kid yeah. fucking is eating eating the fucking shaving cream. Tricks his parents and eating the fucking shaving cream instead of the stuff. Yeah, where did that stuff come from? It was growing out of the ground, so we just fucking ate it. Yeah, we decided to lick it. That's got to be a fucking. We got to do that anyway. Um. And then Ann Potter, who's the mother, is played by Shelley Hack, and uh, you know she's had she had a hell of a run in the uh, Charlie's the original Charlie's Angels uh, series, but she is the mother in the stepfather. Yes, and I would argue because again, this is the MDU, folks. She is also Beth Winters from Razorback because she looks almost <laughs> identical to that woman. They have very similar hair. It looks very similar. So I think what happens with the, uh, you know, the whole thread here is, you know, she's presumed eaten alive by the Razorback. And, uh, no, she she lives, but uh, she she starts a new life. She uses it as an excuse to get away from things. Yeah. And uh, she has a kid. Uh, husband passes away or something. We don't really know the details. And then Terry O'Quinn, many years later, walks into her life. Uh, you know, actually, you know, it was probably this. Troll was the in-between, honestly, is probably what happened. Well, no, I think Troll is the post, man. She 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 murders Terry O'Quinn because Terry O'Quinn tries to kill her. 
and Jill Sholin, her daughter. Right. Right? And then Jill moves away, and then she finds Michael Moriarty, and then they start a new family together. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, Jill, Jill's doing her own thing at this point. Yeah, she's get she's I don't know, she's 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 on the road, she's like a crazy hippie chick, and uh, you know, her boyfriend gets bit by this cursed snake, he turns into a fucking snake man. It's a whole thing. Yeah, she works at a theater at one point or another. Yeah, there's like a burned guy that's killing people. Yeah. But uh yeah, Shelly Hack. Um, she's back in the MDU. She doesn't really do a ton in this movie, but she's got a couple of good one-liners towards the end. She's got, she's, she's pretty good. Uh, she's got, you know, she's got some funny, some funny one-liners and stuff. Mor- Moriarty takes the fucking cake, though. Uh, <laughs> with his records. You gotta get rid of some of these records there, Dad. You got so many. And he's, like, dancing around and shit. He, he asked Beekler what his motivation was for the character. Beekler didn't say a word. He took a bucket hat off somebody and put it on his head, and he was like, that's it. That's your character. And he's like, what, am I supposed to be goofy? And he's like, that's it. You're, Yep, that's exactly what you're supposed to be. <laughs> Beekler's like, get this fucking guy away from me. <laughs> Just do whatever. Well, Mo- Moriarty was like also a big drunk for a long time. Oh, um, God. And kind of, you know, you can even see it. When you watch It's Alive 3 or even the stuff, I mean, you could see some of that some of that in there for sure like the alcoholism like his red nose is starting to form my wife and i watched um the trilogy not too long ago because uh scream factory put it out so i was like oh you got to watch these um when we got to three julie was like what the fuck is this guy drunk or something and it was like <laughs> mm, he might have been but he actually came out years later and was like yeah i was a big drunk and we're like yeah we knew mike but it's okay <laughs> yeah, we still love you <laughs> He comes up to Beekler, what's, what's my motivation? And Beekler's like waving the fucking like bubbles out of his face. Oh yeah, fucking don't light a match, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, there goes that beard on Beekler. Oh yeah, that's how he lost his hair. <laughs> yeah, Moriarty came over drunk one <laughs> afternoon. Burped on his head. <laughs> so uh, rounding out the family, we got Harry Potter Jr. played by Noah Hathaway. Um... And again, like, he's done Battlestar Galactica. I guess that's his other big role besides NeverEnding Story. He's been in a smattering of other TV, but, like, you know, nothing, like, super uh, notable. You know what I mean? I think he's in, like, an episode of Growing Pains or something. Sure, but Atreyu is what everyone's going to always attribute to him. I mean, it's iconic, and he is fantastic in that film. I oh, mean, yeah. And, like, NeverEnding Story is something that I would like to tackle at some point, too, because it's just, I mean... It's one of the best fantasy films ever made, for sure. Again, it's my number two next to Legend, and then Troll was number three. So, and then uh, and then we have Wendy Ann, um, who's played by Jenny Beck. Sure, whatever you say, Joe. Jenny Beck, not Heather O'Rourke. Absolutely not Heather O'Rourke from Poltergeist, because it <laughs> fucking looked like her. You know what's funny about that? Her, her name is Wendy Ann because Beekler named her that after uh, Wendy Ann from Poltergeist. <laughs> I swear to God, I mean, I'm sure if I photoshopped them next to each other, maybe like, oh, maybe they don't look that similar, but I might have to do it. I got to see this side by side. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of uncanny, you know? Yeah. And not to mention that this character for most of the film, uh, is played in an interesting way because the troll basically, I forgot that she survives the whole ordeal. Yeah. Um, but... So I was just like, oh, fuck, a kid gets killed in the first minute, like, because I forgot, because I hadn't watched it in a couple of years. But the troll basically is the sister of the whole movie, and, and uh, Harry Potter Jr. is the only one that really has any kind of inkling that something's off about her. Yeah. Before we before we get onto that, I do want to talk about Harry Potter, 
okay? This movie, what, comes out... The first Harry <laughs> Potter book came out yeah. in 90, 97, I think. This, the, the, the Philosopher's Stone came out in 97, right? Right. I think. Sounds right. Um, this movie comes out in 1986. You're telling me that J.K. Rowling had no knowledge of this film whatsoever. Not the magic or the wizardry or the witchery or the names or the themes or the situations. Are you fucking serious? I don't think so. Ah, uh, I think she saw it 100%. I think she saw it multiple fucking times, to tell you the truth. I mean, yeah, she's cherry picking, but like... Come on, man. Yeah, but she she went on to say that, like, oh, it's just a coincidence. Parallel thinking Harry Potter. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. I mean, there's there's just too much here that if you've seen this or if you've seen Harry Potter, like, if you, if, okay, let's say somebody who's listening loves Harry Potter and you've never seen this film. Watch this movie and I want you to make a list of shit that you can draw parallels to from this to the Harry Potter series. And you tell me that 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 they that those ideas weren't either taken. I mean, that's a hell of a stretch, parallel thinking, you know? I, well, that's what I'm going to say. Like, that is, like, the worst excuse ever because if it was parallel thinking, then, like, it would it, Harry Potter not, would not be what it is. Like, that is such a bullshit, like, excuse because then Harry Potter would be more about trolls and nymphs and... and Sonny Bono getting killed and turned into a pot person. It wouldn't be about wizards and shit. But it's like... It's that thing where it's like... Oh, you probably saw it a few times... And you and you took a few ideas... And then you tried to act like... Oh no, it's parallel thinking! <laughs> Even though there's only really like... I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to give her too much credit here, Joe. Don't get me wrong. But it's like... There's ideas definitely that she... Again, stole debatably from this movie... But it's like, it's not a one-to-one, so parallel thinking is not the excuse that I would go for in her case, is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's not a one-to-one, obviously, but I mean, there's so much stuff taken from this, or borrowed from this, and kind of expanded upon, right? Yeah. You know what it is? You know, I mentioned this movie earlier. It's like, throw Mama from the train. At the end of the movie, Billy Crystal writes the book on his experiences, and so does Danny DeVito. But that was actually parallel thinking. The twist... If you've seen the movie, is Danny DeVito writes a version for kids and it's all happy and whatever, and Billy Crystal is like the Stephen King version of how it all went down. Well, this is kind of like the Stephen King version of Harry Potter. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I so she wrote the goddamn uh, pop up funny version. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is that there's two different universes. One's Harry fucking Potter, and this is the other Harry Potter. You know. All I'm saying is you you got to put the fat man on the motorcycle with the baby, and you bring it to <laughs> to Pivot Drive. That's all I'm saying, man. Harry Potter fell down a well and found Turok Troll, but also a wand, and also went to a fucking sorcery school. I'm pretty sure. And, and when he was down there, he said hello to Lubden, P-Head, <laughs> and the whole gang. They're down there playing cards right now, but I, I could show you, but uh, I can't leave the bar. No, but Turok's definitely down there. Definitely check it out. Um, Where the fuck, where the fuck was I going? <laughs> so, so, um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way. And it's also a, a point of contention, too, because they fucking... Be- uh, Beekler and Band tried to file a lawsuit against uh, J.K. Rowling for the for the names and shit because it's all copyrighted. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously they didn't win because 
who's going to win? The, the you know Charles Band and John Carl Beekler or fucking multi-billionaire fucking J.K. Rowling? You know what I mean? Right, right. Which is a fucking shame because I think around in like two, 2016 there was rumblings of uh, a sequel happening. Like an actual troll too, not just someone throwing a two on their fucking movie? No, an actual direct sequel to the first film, uh, wow. to John Beekler's film. And Beekler was going to you know do it again with, with Noah Hathaway and, uh, and Lockhart. And they were going to do a sequel to it. Now, I asked John about this when I met him, and he kind of basically hand-waved it, too. He was like, you know, shit happens. It is what it is. You know, unfortunately, it's probably not going to happen. And that was it. Uh, he, you know, he he didn't seem to... Um, I mean, he, he seemed kind of hurt by it, but he wasn't like... He's like, it is what it is kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. But there was also supposed to be an animated series as well to, like, accompany the movie, which I thought was interesting, yeah. That could have been interesting. Yeah, I I, I wonder what that would have looked like. Like a David the Gnome-style animation or something? I don't know, right? Because, like, Charles Band hasn't done any animated features, I don't think. I mean, he's done, He you know, he has Moonbeam Entertainment, which we did Prehysteria 3, which we need to dig deeper into because there's some great stuff. We're going to do, we're going to be doing that, that, uh, next year we're doing that fucking Josh Kirby, uh, Time Warrior Marathon. The miniseries. Tatro is going to be so happy, dude. <laughs> I don't know if I will be or not. I'm not sure yet. I don't know enough about it yet to be disappointed. You're going to have a blast. It's kids It's kids movie poppycock from the fucking full moon moonbeam universe. It's going to be great. Mm, I don't know. You're not really painting a nice picture for uh, me. Oh, it's episodic, too. So uh, there's an overarching story, but it's all episodic, and it's 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 wacky, dude. All right, I'll be getting cozy in the dumpster. I'll have my fucking popcorn, <laughs> my drink. <laughs> We're doing it. I'll be looking for whatever's left of Baldwin, the Baldwin statue's head and probably grabbing it for comfort. So, all right, so, let, so back to Troll. Yeah, like Sean said, this fucking movie does not let up, right? No. They, 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 the, the Potters move in. And uh, Wendy Ann goes to play with her ball and gets caught in like in the basement where like the laundry um, machines are and stuff like that for the building. And Torok just fucking grabs her and captures her. And you, you think she's dead or or what because of what Torok does later to the other characters. But all right, he transfers. You know, Harry Harry Potter Jr., who's Neil Hathaway, comes down looking for her, and uh, Torok has this magic ring. Um, and he can transform himself into the little girl, which he does. And then, like Sean said, now there's almost this. They, it has this kind of um, changeling aspect to it, right? We talked about this on the changeling episode, but the uh, the Irish folklore, the fae folklore of uh, the fairy folk coming in and taking a, a perfectly healthy child and replacing it with a uh, with a sickly fairy child. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, upon examining this film uh, this time watching it, I was like, holy shit. It's like a fucking change. It's, it's the changeling, but it's it's a troll instead of, a, you know, I mean, he is a fairy of sorts. Right. It, it's it's actually a changeling, not just some, like, bu- you know, bullshit like in that movie. Yeah, no, not, not like a, you're, they're using that term in a different way, in like a real way, I guess. Right. Whatever that no, means. Exactly. No, I get what you're saying, though, when you compare to the changeling where it was like, uh, you know, they, they it was the changeling because... The guy basically killed his son who had that disability and then put the other one in there, and nobody knew until George C. Scott figured it out at the end, but I think it was the folklore was it was uh, that some kind of like forest creatures were coming in and changing out their people for forest creatures, but it was like an excuse for them to like exterminate people, or it was like taken the wrong way by certain like spiritual leaders, or something to that effect. No, yeah, no, 100%. It was the the excuse of why... 
you know, f- all different kinds of things, like from autism to like um, mm. to Down syndrome or 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 even sickness, even just sicknesses, yeah, and that they couldn't explain dementia, things like that, right? Um, in old people and in young people, because that's when it mostly occurred, right? In older people and in younger people, right? Um, and they would they would claim that the, the fairies came and switched out um their their kin for her, you know a sick fairy thing and they would right. they would like burn people um oh yeah it's really horrible shit uh you should look it up um thank god wendy didn't get burned alive in the process <laughs> imagine if michael moriarty was like well that shit put on my fucking blues magoos records we're gonna have a pyre right in the middle <laughs> of the living room torok just turns to the camera all wide like huh? <laughs> okay speaking of torok this is the first time we we see him and uh he 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 is one of John Beekler's like greatest accomplishments or creations in my, in my opinion. I mean, I love the Ghoulies. Don't get me wrong; they're 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 some of my favorites. But Torok is just really special to me. And we have a dual role here because uh, Phil Fondacaro is in this film, and I want to I want to talk about Phil because we actually got to meet him as well. Um, and you may have heard his intro to this episode. Uh, but um, he plays. Turok, the troll as well, like in the costume, as well as Malcolm Mallory, who uh, who is a professor of English. <laughs> right, yeah. He, uh, the, so the troll is Phil Fondacaro in the in the suit, and then it's voiced by our favorite uh, voice actor, Frank Welker. <laughs> He's always got his fingers in this guy. Man, of stuff. you know, Frank Welker has done so many movies for empire it's crazy right the man's a damn hustler oh uh, yeah he he just loves to work i guess he did he does like a multitude of voices um for the creatures in this film and he was just in that arena uh movie he does the voice of horn in arena oh yeah <laughs> and some of those other characters but i just thought that was so funny Pro- probably that egg that anger fucking uh, cockroach monster oh yeah 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 <laughs> the steve wang fucking puppeteered uh cockroach monster yeah yeah I hate macaroons. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, Tur- so Turok turns into Harry Potter Jr.'s little sister, Wendy Ann, and um, all sorts of weird shit starts happening. Um, <laughs> well, I want to talk about Phil real briefly, because I did read this, that uh, originally, I don't know if this was Empire wanted this, or who, who, whoever was higher up on the food chain, originally Turok was going to be a, uh, a puppet, just a straight puppet, but they didn't want to pay to have... Um, Fondacaro basically come in if it was just going to be a puppet, so he said, fuck it, and then he made it a costume, too, so then Phil Fondacaro got dual roles, so I might have that slightly wrong, I remember reading that on uh, IMDb, that that was something that happened, and, and, you know, Beekler just really wanted Phil in this movie, and so he's like, fuck it, I'll make the goddamn costume a regular costume, and that's what we ended up with. Yeah, well, to tell you the truth, uh, Billy Barty was going to be... Malcolm Mallory. Uh, that's what it was, yes. But he was helping out his friend Phil get get the gig. Yeah, because when when John wrote this with Ed, um, he wrote it for Phil, right? Right. But um, I don't know who won. I guess Charles Band wanted um, Billy Barty. But Bill, again, Billy Barty is um, Screwball in Legend, and he's, uh, what the fuck's his name in uh, Masters of the Universe? Oh, I don't know. The, the movie with Dolph Lundgren. Uh, I always forget his name. Anyway, Billy Barty. Uh, oh, and he's the and he's like the main the head wizard in Willow too. Yeah, 
that would have been interesting. But yeah, so so I think Phil pitched him on the thing where like, well, all right, well, I'll be in the suit and I'll be Malcolm Mallory and then you don't have to pay another actor. <laughs> That's what it was. Thank you. You got me through the story. I knew it was something along those lines. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, because they didn't, yeah, they didn't want to pay two actors. So there you go. Hey, F- Phil made out like a damn bandit. Oh, straight up. And and like, really, I, I you know, I guess we'll get to it when we get there or like, we just talk about it now. But like, this is like, I think this is Phil's best role and kind of his sort of masterwork and his pantheon of acting. And and I think this is John's in his directorial one as well. Um, and, and even creating this whole fairy world as well and all these creatures in it. Yeah, I mean, we, we can go into it now or we can wait because uh, that character is kind of pivotal to a lot of things that I like about this movie. But it, And, you know, we got a little taste of this years back with uh, Double Double Toil and Trouble with Phil. Yes. Um, he showed a little bit of this because there's... Uh, I don't want to talk about it yet, but there's a scene that comes up later with Phil where he kind of uh, gives a speech. And uh, we got a little bit of that back in that uh, movie, too, if you want to go listen to that episode we talk about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, he's really great in this film, whether he's out of the makeup or in the makeup. He's kind of one of those uh, actors in this movie that you're always got your eyes, you know, fixated on. Yeah, He, he he steals the scene. Whether he's in oh, the, yeah. yeah, right, you're right. Whether he's Malcolm or he's the troll, you know. Some of these faces he makes as the troll just fucking kill me, though. Like, <laughs> he can go from being, like, the most evil-looking motherfucker in the room to, like, this smiley bastard that's, like, you know, thinks he's doing you a favor, but really he's, like, ruining your life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, um, yeah, he, he he goes around, and we, we kind of meet a couple of these characters. Okay, this is probably one of my favorite instances of meeting the entire cast of the film in in a in a movie, right? It's fucking brilliant because the way they do this to introduce you to everybody in the apartment complex is that Wendy Ann, who's now Turok, uh steals the family's dinner because I guess the trolls never eaten a hamburger before and like freaks the fuck out. And in doing this, he sets off the fire alarm. So everybody comes out of their apartments and we're introduced to each of these characters. Um, and it's fucking great, dude. We got uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Elaine Bennis herself. Yeah, this is her first film, dude. And Brad Hall, which is her longtime husband. They met on this film. Oh, my God. Which is just hilarious to me that she's like, doesn't want to talk about this movie. It's like, oh, you know, it was early in my career. It's like, come on, man. You met your husband. Know where you came from. Like, I'm sure you had a blast doing this. And, yeah, you met yeah. your husband. You know what I mean? And I think this is, like, their only on-screen appearance together, like, ever. <laughs> right. She's not even really in it that much. No. But she's good in a few scenes that she's in. I think she's fine, you know? We also get this, like, workout nut, this, like, super pro-America guy. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh, God bless the red, white, and blue. Barry Tabor. He's like, oh, people call me Duke because I think I look like John Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's pretty good. We meet Sonny Bono. He's coming out with, like, two women. He's, like, got his fucking bathrobe on. Dude, his name's Peter Dick. He plays Peter Dickinson in this movie. He comes downstairs, and the kids. So Noah Hathaway's running after uh, his sister. You know, Wendy Ann, his sister for the for their hamburgers, and they like push past him, and he falls down the fucking stairs. And Michael Moriarty comes out of the apartment and trips over Sonny Bono. <laughs> yeah, it's the funniest fucking thing, dude. 
And he's like, and he's like, Sony Sony Bono like breaks down to Michael Moriarty. He's like, he's like, look, man, I'm a fucking single, unattached guy, and I'm into swinging and kids having pillow fights at all hours of the night might cause a few strikeouts. Get me, Harry boy. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, loud and clear. And he's like, good. And he walks into fucking uh, Michael Moriarty's apartment and slams the door. And then comes out, and he's just like, shit! And he goes back up the yeah. stairs. Like, this is not my apartment! Dude, it's gold. I, I, You know, you gotta see it to believe it. Oh, yeah. We also do meet the last important character uh, of the film, really. Uh, this is kind of embarrassing, but... I thought this woman said her name was Eclair. The entire movie, I'm writing my notes, I'm writing down, Eclair says this, Eclair says that. Eunice, Eunice Eclair. Chocolate flavored. That's what it was. I don't know. She must have said it real fast, or maybe there was like a plaque on the wall that said E. Dot Claire, and my dumbass was like E. Claire. <laughs> were you Were you hungry? Were you thinking about this? I I don't know. I might have been a little high when I was watching it, to be honest. So that might have been it. It's possible. But it's Eunice, not E. Claire, Sean of of a week ago. June Lockhart, dude. Yeah, the from Maureen, the mother from Lost in Space. Yeah, Lost in Space and uh, Lassie. Uh, in fact, Lost in Space, Joe, my uh, dad, he's trying to clean out his fucking garage, and uh, for many Christmases ago, he, for some reason, thought it was a good idea to record the entire series on VHS and do custom boxes with jewel cases and everything. Very cute at the time. Uh, nobody wants your VHS's, Dad. I'm sorry. Like, there are about 40 of them. We'll just buy the DVDs. Thank you very much. I want them. I want them all. Good Good luck with that. They were trying to pawn it on you at my, uh, my, my, at my wedding. Yeah, at the reception, we were there. I was there, and he's like, Joe, I got all these tapes. You want? I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, thank you. I don't know where you're going to put them, but, uh, you know. The video dungeon, baby. There's always room down there. <laughs> God, one day when we're really getting old and gray, when we finally hit our 60s and we're running out of shit, we're finally going to run out of stuff to talk about. Like, hey, you got those tapes my dad gave you? Let's review those. We'll be long fucking dead before we, co <laughs> before we cover all the stuff that we want to cover. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a, that's a sad reality. Unless we're getting paid for this full time, and then and then I'll be fucking pumping out like five episodes, maybe not five episodes. <laughs> well, then, then we'll be looking at the Carrot Man episode of Lost in Space. We'll be looking at the, you know... Tiny Tim and the Tulips fucking episode. We'll be looking at them all. Crush, kill, destroy. Support the show on Patreon. Make this our full-time jobs, and you will you will know the lengths that we will go to deliver you good content. Oh, yeah. So we meet Eclair, Eunice, whatever we're calling her. <laughs> and at first you think she's just like some like suck-up bitch, but you find out that that's not really the case at all. Um, and she's actually a really caring person, and she has like a major element that she adds to the plot she's so excellent in this film and like she doesn't have to be as good as she is in this no even sonny bono's great to tell you the truth um <laughs> yeah i mean we want to just talk about that because we're kind of just go down the damn line of, of victims for a while here yeah well i just want to i just want to say one more thing about eunice uh, so so june lockhart's character plays eunice and claire eunice egg claire apparently and um <laughs> She's full of cream, dude. Just for you. Oh, yeah. She's hanging out with GVD. Look, she's one of the witches. She gets a yeah. little funky sometimes, but, you know, she's usually, she's good. But she comes to the mixers, you know? I mean, she's a witch. She can go from young to old in a, in a fucking snap of a goddamn finger, apparently. So why not? Oh, she sure does. Sign me up, dude. Oh, God, she transforms back into, like, the old version, big climax while you're right in there with her. How, what would that feel like? Oh, 
I don't know. June Lockhart's kind of a hot old lady, dude. I, I know. I, I get it. I'm just saying. I'm trying to think about this, how that would work. Like, the science behind that. Like, does your dick get, get like, cut off? Or do, do, do you feel a difference in pressure? Like, what happens? Cut off? <laughs> Well, that's the thing. She puts her hair up. She's old. She she lets that hair down, dude. She turns into Anne Lockhart, and I'm like, oh yeah, let's let's do this. Oh yeah, her real life daughter. I thought that was a cool way to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was so great to cast her. Uh, so okay. So I guess let's just talk about it because we're kind of talking about it. So there's a point where so so Eunice Sinclair is a witch, and she has a history with uh, Turok the Troll because she was like married to him or whatever. <laughs> witch. Wait, when you, uh, explain, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, so he was a regular guy, and there was there was the two kings. So there was, like, Middle Earth before there was countries <laughs> and shit, right? right uh, yeah. even, even before it was split into, like, Bag End and fucking Hobbiton and, and Mordor, it was just one big place, right, with fairies and stuff. And there was the humans, and then there was the fairies, the fey folk. And they split the kingdom, and they were like, okay, you do, you know, you do your thing and we do ours. But, uh... There was a rogue group of fairies and this guy, Turok, who was a guy, like a human, and um, he, like, teams up with these... Who was John Carl Beekler, apparently. Well, no. John Carl Beekler is Galwin. We'll get to it. Oh, okay. So, Turok was a dude, and he teams up with this rogue uh, group of fairies who start a war with the humans. And um, there's a big bloody battle. The humans win, and they turn Turok into a fucking troll. Um, and they, like, banish him, right? Now, Eunice stays kind of on this plane. Now, she's super old, obviously, but she's also uh, a witch, and she was also a princess, so she kind of uh, bides her time kind of waiting for him, to, waiting for Turok to return to stop him if he ever comes back, right? Um, within this apartment complex that just happened to be built on the same site where Turok can re-enter our uh, reality. So, um, so that's the deal with her, but the thing is, she's also magic, so... She appears as an old woman to to everybody, but then she has the ability to, like, turn young again and spriteful and a badass. But her daughter in real life, so June Lockhart plays Eunice, and then her daughter, Anne Lockhart, uh, plays her younger version in the movie, like, when she turns young. It's fucking awesome element to the movie. Yeah. And they look so similar, it's insane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you don't need you don't need to pay for an extra makeup person for that. It's just like, yep, just uh, you already look like the part. You're hired. <laughs> it's so great. So so Eunice basically helps Harry Potter Junior fight his sister, who's Turok, um, yeah. as, as she's taking over all of these apartments one by one. But uh, to that point, go ahead, Sean. Let's start with uh, Sonny Bono. <laughs> oh my God! So Sonny Bono is the first fucking victim. He, he, for some reason, lets uh, little Heather O'Rourke into the fucking apartment. <laughs> and, like, he lets her in. He's like, you know, I don't have any candy. I don't have any toys. Like, get the fuck out of here. Right. And prior to this, he, like, just, like, fucked this chick and was like, yeah, what? make me some breakfast, why don't you? And she, like, slaps him in the face and leaves. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, Heather O'Rourke again. Whatever her real name is, I don't know. She she hides behind a couch or something. Yeah. He's like, hey, get the hell out of here. I got, you know, my used condoms are back there. <laughs> and then he looks over and the troll's making some, like, fucking, like, disgusting face. Like, Adam. And he's like, oh, shit. Before you, before you keep going, his apartment, if it's like, <laughs> if you took the Pleasure Palace from Terrorvision and turned it into a fucking crack den, that's what it looks like. Oh, yeah. 
He definitely tried to get with that uh, couple, but they didn't want anything to do with them. <laughs> Sonny Bono came over to the Putterman's house one night. Oh, God. He tried. He tried a lot, but... Uh, We're not having now, it. You know what it was? He was at the bar the same night that they uh, picked up that other couple. That <laughs> They picked up Spiro and, and Cherry? Yeah. Sonny keeps like trying to be like a hanger. on like, yeah, come on. Yeah, you know, you can always use a third wheel. Come on, man. Raquel, we have to go. Sonny Bono keeps trying to fuck me. Mr. Putterman is looking good. <laughs> So, so yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, so, yeah, so then Sonny, uh, he gets killed in an interesting way. He's basically like, trying to get away from the troll monster, and then that little ring lights up. He almost does, like, a locking uh, pantomime, I suppose, on Sonny, and then Sonny turns into a fucking pod person. He goes, like, full body melt for a moment with, like, green shit coming out of his mouth and his eyes, and his head starts to expand. This fucking transformation is so good. Right, so, so like Sean was saying with the ring that Turok has, this magic ring that he transformed himself into Wendy with, has this little needle that comes out, and when he pokes you with it, you get like this essence inside of you that turns you into this fucking pod, but it's like the most like body horror thing that you've ever seen, like... <laughs> He turns into this guy with a mullet at one point because Sonny Bono wasn't there to get the makeup on, so it's like one of the producers <laughs> that's got the makeup on. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Oh, my God. But he turns into, like, he looks like a green fucking tongue. Dude, he looks like a fucking avocado. Yeah. With a, with a bathrobe on. And then it just, like, pops open, and all these fucking, like, vines and flowers come out of him and fill the apartment. All in stop motion. It looks fucking yeah. amazing. And Torox smiling and shit, like, ooh! He's reading a fucking Playboy while this guy's transforming into a fucking pile <laughs> yeah. of shit. Convulsed, like, oh, oh, yeah. you know, screaming. <laughs> then, he, then he goes after uh, the workout guy. Oh, yeah, Jungle Jim, fucking Duke or whatever. And now this guy has, like, python fucking snakeskin wallpaper and, like, a tiger up on his thing. And he's, like, this well-traveled army guy or whatever. He thinks he's going to stand a chance uh, for a couple seconds at least because uh, he's got a pistol. Well, again, Turok comes in as the little girl every time to, like, infiltrate the apartment. Well, right. So she's like... Catch you off guard. She's like, oh, I need some advice. And he's like, oh, you come to the right place. She's like, uh... What does death look like? And he's like, what are you talking? What do you get out of my apartment? <laughs> and she's like, it looks like this. I'm a troll. And he's like, oh, my <laughs> God. Well, then he shoots the troll a bunch of times, does nothing. With a fucking, there's like a rifle point blank. Also, how did nobody in the fucking building hear this gun go off? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the fucking troll put uh, cotton balls in their ears before he came in here. <laughs> Oh yeah, put a magic barrier so they can't hear past the door. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. They uh yeah, but so he shoots this troll and um I guess its necklace is also magic because he tries to shoot him and it doesn't uh it doesn't penetrate him. And the troll's like, "Holy shit, I'm fine." And then like bends his uh rifle and like throws it away. Yeah. And then he gets turned into a fucking pod person. It's mostly off screen, but you know that's what happens. Oh yeah. So when we come back to his apartment, this is the first time that I think, because it, it looks like him, that he kind of turns into one of these things. Oh, yeah. It's way more apparent when it happens to another character later, but yeah. I would agree, yeah. Uh, it, it looks like him, right? One of these troll things. Yeah, and then I think this is the part, too, where, like, all of a sudden, like, it's not just, like, one of these things pops out. It's, like, a, a whole group of them come out of this guy's body. 
Yeah, so in the first in Sunny Bono's apartment, it's just some of the forest. But now in in the Duke's apartment, it's like there's trolls all over the. There's like little things popping up all over the place. All these little Frank Welker beasts come fucking puppeting out of these fucking bushes. Oh yeah, and then uh, you know Elaine, she doesn't last long at all. I don't even think we see the goddamn troll go in there. I think it's just like. Oh, Elaine, are you home? And it's like she's walking around like a fucking forest fairy, like nude with just like leaves covering her privates. No, it's it's even stranger than that, dude, because like when Wendy sees or Torok's Torok as Wendy sees Torok Wendy or whatever the fuck Torok Wendy. Yeah. When 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 he sees uh, Elaine, (laughs) Elaine. Yeah. Julie Louis Dreyfus. (laughs) um, He's like infatuated with her. He's like, oh, my God. He's like hitting on her as. The little girl in her apartment. It's fucking weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, she's like, oh, you got a boyfriend? Uh, You're so beautiful. You know, beauty fades with age. And she's like, what? And she's like, nothing. Love you. And then uh, turns her into a fucking, like, wood nymph. Uh, semi-siren, <laughs> almost, because of her. Yeah. Like, she has this weird power later. Right, because she's just basically, her whole apartment's full of leaves and, and forestry and whatnot. And she's just, like, hiding behind, like, trees going, <laughs> She's just, she's just a fairy, babe. That's what she turns into. Yeah. Torok's like, yeah. He's like whacking off on the fucking couch while she transforms. Oh, my God. In fact, I think her boyfriend comes home later and is like, what what happened? Where are you? And then, like, he's just, like, killed off screen. They don't even show it. Dude, he gets sucked into the apartment that is now, like, full fairyland. And he's, like, running, chasing after her through the woods. And then Torok's like, yeah, she's my bitch now. And then just, like, stabs him with the ring. Oh, I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I remember some of these are off screen and some aren't. But I did forget that he gets stabbed straight up. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't see him get stabbed. But, it is. But yeah, basically, that's what happens. Oh, okay. Got you, got you. Um, and in so- the interim, before... um before we get before we get to the to the kind of the end of this well we have malcolm comes over for dinner well yeah you know turok's playing with a ball on the street because i guess he just wants to hang out for a little while and, and take a break from turning people into fucking uh you know fairy uh dimension forest things I, you know he's trying to pretend you know keeping that fucking disguise up he's a kid kids are stupid of course they're gonna play with the ball on the street well, he's got he's got that rump fear, dude. Like he, he's like, oh, what is this metal steed? You know, this fucking car almost hits him, and he's like, <laughs> but he knows how to drive it immediately. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, but he doesn't know what it is, right? It's a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, Phil Fondacaro like saves her or him rather, right? And she's just like, are you an elf? And he's like, no, I just resemble one. Do you believe in elves? And she's like, oh yes. And he's like, well, maybe I am. Uh, let's get you back to to your home or whatever. And she goes, yes, brother elf. And I'm like, yeah, that's weird. It's a good line, but it's also like, did you just hear what she said? Or like, are they just <laughs> ignoring it because she's a kid? He's like, all right, Heather O'Rourke, whatever you say. Whatever you say. And there's a fucking great gag where she, yeah, like Sean was saying, she, she invites him to dinner and she tells her folks, or Turok tells Wendy's parents, anyway. Um, it's confusing. That she's having a friend over for dinner and uh Shelly Hack like makes her cho- makes him chocolate milk and when he comes in <laughs> Michael Moriarty opens the door and he's like ha and he's like may I come in he's like oh, oh yeah 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 he, um yeah come on in <laughs> and he's like uh honey uh Wendy's friend is here and she comes out with this chocolate milk and fucking fills there with a bottle of wine <laughs> Yeah, he's got the wine. He's like, I brought wine if you prefer. And she's like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, no problem. I brought a note from my mother. (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah, I think he says that, right? Yeah, it's just funny. And he's, and Shelly Hack's like, you're, uh, 
He's like a professor of English. And she's like, yes, that's right. That's what they, yep. Mm-hmm. And I think even Michael Moriarty's like, yeah, we didn't know. We're sorry. Like, <laughs> miscommunication. Yeah, we, we didn't know you were a little person. You want a gin and tonic? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Phil's like, don't mind if I do. <laughs> so, and there's this great, uh, so, yeah, before we get into the, the end part, uh, you know, there, or the last leg of this, rather, there's this great scene where they finish dinner and um, Turok Wendy asks Phil to recite this poem, The Fairy Queen. And as he's doing this, again, this is another great uh, fill part. Oh, before I get into that, I just want to draw the Ghoulies 2 connection here because he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, before I was a professor of English, like, I joined the circus for a while and I was like, you know, an acrobat and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, you were a fucking classically trained actor. You went on tour with fucking uh, uh, <laughs> Satan's Den and you, you put on that little mask and you played, you know, you played the fool in King Lear. I know what you did. And then you came here and then you became a professor of English. Right. Yeah. You, you hung out with Grants before he went in that casket for 100 years, even though the timeline doesn't match up yeah when 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 harry fucked off with uh what the you know the the reptile girl you know he he went and became a professor of english yep exactly at the end at the end of ghoulies too so anyway he's um he's reciting this poem and it's just fucking great dude and as he's doing this the trolls or the fairy the, the you know the evil fairies start to like congregate and this fucking and then we kick up uh cantos profane which is that song we were talking about earlier so good it's like this whole musical number where these puppets are like singing this song and they're like it's basically like i don't know their 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 battle song right their war song or whatever mm. and we get introduced to galwin who's the, who's the little mushroom puppet who's like the good mushroom <laughs> puppet now that's beekler okay so in Eunice's apartment, there's a picture hanging, a painting of of her or of Anne Lockhart and John Carl Beekler. Now, John Carl Beekler, with, with by the way, with a fish ghoulie on his shoulder. Oh yeah, there's a fish ghoulie there, <laughs> just for reasons. I got a ghoulie with me, of course. What's even great about that is you can tie it back to fucking ghoulies and the whole black magic thing, where there was like an evil wizard in the first movie of Ghoulies. See, folks, again, it's all connected. We're not just pulling this out of our ass. It's 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 fact. It's canon. It's canon. Uh, it's the Empire universe meets the MDU for sure. Oh yeah. So, uh, so John Carl Beekler in the painting is Galwin, who is the sorcerer or the or the wizard who taught Eunice um, ha- to become a witch. Basically, taught her magic. God, yeah. But she also turned him into a fucking mushroom that she hangs out with. That <laughs> she puts a lampshade on to hide him <laughs> to hide it from Harry Potter when he comes in. Even though this fucking mushroom's just constantly like, party, Harry, Harry. Yeah, I think that's also fucking uh, Welker, too, doing that voice. Monkey! Because he sounds like Slimer from the real Ghostbusters, straight up. Oh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. So they do the whole song, and um, it's just, it's great. And then uh, don't we get, like, the follow-up with Phil's story shortly after that? Yeah, so so there's three apartments left. There's Malcolm's, there's Eunice's, and there's the Potter's. But, obviously, the next person to get taken is Malcolm. Now... The whole time Turok is treating him like an actual elf, right? So Turok goes as Wendy Ann to the to the to his apartment. He's like, this is later in the day or the next day rather, and he like can't get into his apartment because he forgot his keys. And she's like, "What are you talking about? The door's open, silly!" And I'm like, "Okay, Norm is now canon in this fucking universe because the elves <laughs> has the same fucking power, or, or the trolls have the same power as the gnomes, right?" Yeah, yeah. It lines up. They could be related. 
They could just open the doors. Now, when that fucking battle started, do you think that the gnomes were on the side of the humans? I think that, yeah, I think so. Or they or they had, like, the underground realm, right? So they were like, fuck y'all, we're just going to be here, right? I uh, Yeah, that's a good point, too, because in the context of that movie, they're kind of a secret society. Who has their own warriors and stuff, but they're almost like Switzerland. They're like, yeah, we're staying out of that shit. Yeah, like, I think you might be right. I, I would like to think they'd be with us because they do help because uh, Norm does help Anthony Michael Hall and everything, but it's yep. really under, it's under like duress. So he, I don't think he would otherwise. Maybe. Well, yeah, but they're also, he's also, you know, Norm's also scared of us because he considers us giants or whatever. So yeah, probably those fairies up top fought the war. And I think they'd be pretty afraid to be perfectly honest of the trolls coming in and taking all their fine women with the big bobos. I think they'd be working with the humans. I think, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. You know, gun, to, gun to the head. I think that's what it would be. <laughs> they signed a peace treaty, right? And they were like, we're, we're, we're staying out of uh, this fight gnome style. Yeah. If it gets bad, then I guess we'll <laughs> go pick a good side. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play with these bobos and roundies. Bye. Charge my lumen when it dies. <laughs> yeah. That's a colloquialism. <laughs> what is this like a la- Lambert's gnome? <laughs> He, he kind of sounds like that a little bit. Yeah, he does a little, doesn't Sort of. So, so Turok opens his door, and they go inside, and, you know, they're just hanging out. And we get to know Malcolm a little bit more, uh, Phil Fondacaro's character. And um, Wendy says something along the lines of, like, you're, you look sick. Are you sick? And she, he's, like, he's like, no, I'm fine. She's like, you're fibbing. And he's like, yeah. And then he, like, breaks down this whole thing of, like, he has this great monologue, dude, where, you know, he's he's talking about going to the doctor with his parents and, and recessive genes and, and bone marrow stuff and that his parents were like, yeah, sorry, Malcolm, you're just not going to grow anymore and you're just going to be, you know, you're, you're just a little person. And he's, like, dying because of it and he doesn't have much longer to live. And he tells Wendy that, like... When he was a kid, he he used to dream about the fact that, like, you know, if all this stuff was happening to him, wouldn't it be great if it was because he was magic? And he would, like, hope that, like, when he went to sleep and he woke up, he would wake up in, like, a, a land like a land of fairies and unicorns and, and dragons and flying horses and stuff. And it's it's just really sweet and 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 haunting. And, um yeah. It's great. It's one of the best parts of the film, like hands down. It's the, it's the big, it's the shining star of the film, in my opinion. Oh yeah, because it's got that positive message at the end, and the thing that like it makes it, but it's fucked up at the same time is that the troll is like, I guess just based on everything that Phil is, you know, laying down to it is like, oh, I know how to help you out, brother elf. Yeah, I will transform you into a fucking nymph and <laughs> just ruin your life. All with a smile. Well, he's going to die. He even says that. He's like, this whole body's just going to give out one of these days. So the troll, like, grants him uh, uh, immortality as an elf. I suppose. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and he, and he turn, he literally turns him into an elf, and there's this little Phil Fondacaro elf puppet. Oh, my God. But let's be honest. It looks like fucking Danny Trejo is what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're definitely going for Phil because... Like you were saying earlier, the uh, the other creature kind of looked like the person that it was before it transformed. Yeah. Like they were really, you know, I don't know if Beekler did this or one of the assistants, but they were really trying to get this look like Phil. And it, I get what they're going for. It, does. it doesn't totally land. Uh, I, I'd like to think that uh, 
Double Devil Doyle and Trouble takes place after this, much later, and that's why he's out in the woods, and that you know that's why he's he's out there. That's where he's comfortable. <laughs> Maybe, I, I mean, it could be. Yeah, turn he slowly ages back into Phil. Yeah, because he's like Elf Baby now. Yeah, yeah, right. He's immortal, but he looks like Phil. I don't know, dude. There is something about this the the way that this puppet looks. There's just something both equally like mystifying and terrifying about it. It's very creepy and off-putting, but also fascinating. Agreed. And then, of course, his whole apartment is now covered. And it's at this point where... There's only two left. Yeah, yeah. And Eunice, like, straight up gives Harry Potter Jr. like a spear that she then, like, has a larger version that she takes and goes down the hallway, like, in her younger form and, like, literally shoots a fucking door with lightning to keep the ghoulies out. <laughs> All of the all of the uh, the uh, composited lighting effects are fucking great in this too. Oh yeah, um, yeah. She gives him a she gives him a spear and she's like, "All right, so Torox, the you know the the key to his dimension is going to be in the biggest, uh, fiercest creature in the forest. So what you need to do is take this fucking harpoon and throw it through its heart, and then it will destroy the." Uh, the dimension and it'll stop the 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 takeover basically and she also says yeah you know your sister's got to be in there somewhere because he can't kill her it's part of the ritual if she dies then and he fails just by default so she's got to be in there somewhere yeah she's the she's like a she's almost like a prize to him because she's going to be the queen of the fairies right which is weird because she's like five or no she's like 11 well you know let's not get into the uh <laughs> The sexual implications there. Well, he's got a he's got a lane. He's got a lane. He's good to go for his uh, sexual needs. True. Yeah. True. And you know, it's it's you know, time is endless in there. I'm sure she'll grow up eventually. I guess or something. And then she'll get with Mister Fantastic. Exactly. Reed Richards is waiting yeah. for her to become of age. Hear all about that soon. <laughs> Coming to a movie dumpster podcast location near you. Yeah, yeah stay tuned. Um, but so yeah, he goes into the forest, and like they have a lot of really cool scenes where like the the forest is like you know basically trying to keep him out, like blowing wind at him and shit. Yeah. Um, and then he does get into the forest, only to find you know in the interim, Torok has taken out Eunice because he kind of sneaks up on her, turned her into a fucking stump, a talking stump. <laughs> like a bush i'm waiting for moses to come out and light her on fire <laughs> she's like sorry kid i blew it <laughs> it's on you now kiddo get in there and get that troll oh my god and then they have a fucking hilarious scene while he's in there trying to find his sister uh we cut back to the potter you know abode and dad you know he's dancing around to his records at one point and then he goes to look outside i think it's actually it might be mom who goes to look outside because she hears a noise and it's literally like the whole fucking apartment complex is covered in, in you know, shrubs and greenery and everything. The whole tr the whole fucking fairy troop, troll troop is outside the door with like bats and shit. <laughs> yeah! And then they open the door and it's fucking Eunice in this stump form like, shut the goddamn door! <laughs> he can't get in if you don't let him in! Shut the door! And then dad's just like, uh, I'm gonna listen to the stump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going out there, but I'm listening to the tree. <laughs> yeah oh just side note there's a whole fucking scene where yeah like sean just said michael moriarty is dancing to fucking uh <laughs> to his records uh summertime blues and he's just like dancing all over the place it's fucking ridiculous i love it yeah it's it's it, you gotta it, 
watch the movie regardless but if you just want to see one scene in that's just totally taken out of context look up that because he is just like getting down he's like crispin glover in part five <laughs> he's like falling on the couch and playing the guitar all fucking weird oh my and god it's crazy uh but yeah so we go into the forest and of course his sister's in this like glass case like it's fucking like uh lennon or something <laughs> Yeah, like like black. like snow like Snow White, right? Well, sure, that's what they're going for. Not you know the uh, former dictator of uh, Germany or or Italy. Oh, I thought you meant John Lennon. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Lennon's in the fucking glass coffin on display. Yeah, <laughs> but he's he's missing his glasses because Lance Henriksen took them. Yeah, right, exactly. And of course, when you walk in, there's a huge line, and uh, they just play "Remember" on repeat <laughs> in an auditorium. <laughs> You mean imagine? Yeah, ah, whatever. Same thing. <laughs> no, Harry. Yeah, Harry Nilsson's in the corner playing. Remember? Yeah, remember? <laughs> yeah, in his in his fucking uh, Count Dracula countdown is there playing the piano? Exactly, because again, <laughs> he's immortal. Uh, he he did he didn't actually die. He never OD'd. He uh, he's been <sighs> alive this whole time, living in a fucking castle. I fucking love that. I love that so much. <laughs> anyway. John Lennon in a glass coffin. Um, <laughs> anyway, Harry Potter Jr. takes a spear, which, again, like the audience has seen that this thing can shoot lightning in the right hands. Yeah. But it also, I guess, works as like an anti-magic thing, much like that fucking zombie woman's head in uh, Sorority Braves and the Slime Bowl Ballorama. Oh, yeah. And it, it shuts down the top layer of the, sh of the coffin, and he pulls her out, and he's going to get the fuck out of Dodge. But... We still have this giant monster to deal with. It's the fucking Frank Welker monster, dude. He's like, Frank Welker. <laughs> oh, this is a big motherfucker. This is like the end boss of doom. It's like coming after you. It's like, okay. <laughs> it sure as fuck looks like that, yeah. So Harry, Harry Potter gets fucking smacked around by this thing, and then it goes after Wendy. Now, Torox there, and he's like, no, not the girl, no. And he ends up, Becoming his own undoing because he throws this fucking spear through this monster's chest and everything starts, you know, the, the whole dimension starts to collapse in on itself. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the the siblings, they get out right in the nick of time. Uh, they run towards the door that was, I think, originally Eunice's apartment, but they're somehow in their parents' apartment. Don't overthink it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Torox just kind of left to his, what you think is his demise, but I guess maybe not. What's crazy is like, so they get in there, they shut the door, everything stops being crazy, and they're able to- Oh yeah, and by the way, while this is happening, the fucking building, it's like Poison Ivy took over, or these giant fucking, like, Seymour plant tentacles coming out of the ceiling. More stop motion, dude, and it, like, breaks through the top of this fucking roof, and there's, like, people outside taking pictures and shit, like, oh my god, look, what, what's happening? Oh yeah. But, you know, they, the, the Potter family ends up, like, just, like, packing some shit up in a couple uh, suitcases and they just pack the fucking car up. Don't say a word to anybody and they just <laughs> leave. Well, here's the pisser. Okay, so everyone outside sees these plants like coming up the building like they're alive, but they stop when they beat the troll and everything disappears on the inside. Now, Eunice, who was a stump or a hedge or whatever the hell she was, is now back to normal in her younger form. Yes. But she sounds like the older one, whatever. It's kind of cool, actually. But... What, what about Elaine? What about Sonny? What about the the workout guy? Like, what about everybody else? What about Phil Fondacaro? Are they just dead? Oh, they're dead, dude. They're, or they're fairies now. That's the thing. Eunice is magic, you know? 
And so she was just pretending to be a stump? Like, I, that's the part where they, like... It doesn't lose me, because it's, like, such a throwaway thing where at the end of the movie, who really cares? But it's, like, I was thinking about that. Like, oh, man, all these other people are dead, but fucking Eunice gets a free pass. Well, I think I think Eunice was able to turn herself back into a human, maybe? I, I guess she must have. She gets out, but, like, again, like you said, like, Malcolm's a fucking elf, and, you know, um, Duke's a fucking elf monster thing. They're all part of that world now that exists in like a parallel dimension right i mean again unless like malcolm like maybe he's an elf maybe he transformed back into himself but he's building that fucking log cabin he's <laughs> building the oscar mobile and he's just waiting for a couple of twins the olsen twins to be exact and knock on his door <laughs> i hope he, I, I hope he's doing well out there in that fairy forest man he's you know he's living it up he's got a new lease on life that guy he's got to you know honestly he's doing pretty good he's got to get rid of that goddamn like uh circus mirror though it's really gonna it's gonna lead to a monologue log at one point yeah it's all which right which is uh very touching honestly so it really is though I, I this the one in this movie is better but yeah that one's good too yes uh if, if you need a second helping of uh uh good 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 monologue from from phil i guess is what i'm trying to say go 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 check that out in- introspective monologue by phil fondacaro go check out double double toil in trouble uh at least that scene i mean the rest of the movie uh enjoy before we wrap this up i just want to put the cap on it in in our dungeon master episode from last year from season two um we season three season three excuse me jesus christ i don't know what day it is (laughs) what what year is it our dungeon master episode from season three uh we mentioned in one of the uh one of the uh, segments that this creature rat spit looked like one of the monsters from troll and it is. They recycled Ratspit from Dungeon Master for Troll, and he's actually in a couple scenes uh, when they're doing like the musical number. I uh, just wanted to add that before I forgot. Now, they do, if I remember, I mean, I'm joking about the uh, the fish ghoulie in the painting, but I feel like wasn't it actually in the movie like once or twice? No, there is like a fish entity, but it's not a ghoulie. Okay, okay. Because a lot of them, they do have, like, you know, you and Serge had brought it up uh, on the television episode, which I never noticed until now, and now I can't unnotice it, how Beekler always does the uh, the brow on a lot of his monsters. Yeah, he always puts, like, a prominent brow into into a lot of his work, so yeah, so it's like his signature kind of thing. I mean, that's why all of his creatures kind of have that look, that Beekler. Yeah. When you see them, you're like, oh, that's Beekler, you know what I mean? Well, that, now it's, like, obvious as hell to me. Before, I'd be like, I think that's him, but I'm not really sure, but once you guys pointed that out, it's like, oh my god, how did I miss that before? <laughs> well, I, I only know that because I just watched all those fucking video zones all the time from, oh, yeah. from the Full Moon tapes uh, back in the day. That Connor couldn't be bothered to watch after the credits. <laughs> you know, once the movie ends, is it? Sorry, I'm t- I'm t- I'm dunking on him, and he's not even here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he would agree, though. He has uh, said it many times on the course of this show. He does not watch after credits sequences. He doesn't even watch the credits. He just shuts it off. Yeah, especially if it's a movie he didn't enjoy. He's like, get me out of here as fast as I possibly can. <laughs> So, so these cops show up. They're like, I don't see anything wrong. Oh, whatever. I'm just to be safe. I'm gonna check the back door. So this guy goes down into the laundry room and opens the door and gets sucked into the fucking fairy world. And the last thing you see is like Turok's fucking hairy arm come up with the ring and the <laughs> needle, and then it cuts to black. Fucking music kicks up again. It's so fucking good. Um, and then credits. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so where are we putting this, man? Oh man, this is uh. It's going on the shelf. It's been on the shelf for many years, ever since that first viewing. 
uh, again, like maybe 10 or 15 years back, uh, which I mean, probably longer for you, Joe, I'm sure what you'll get into, but, uh, yeah, always going back to this movie. It's a good time. Like I really don't have too many complaints. Like I could get nitpicky. Like there's little things here and there. Like I'm joking about how, well, is everyone dead at the end? Is only the witch back? Like what's going on with that? Uh, but I, I don't know. Like you kind of get what you, uh, are asking for with this, if that makes sense. Like mm. as long as you kind of know what you're getting into a little bit, like you don't need to know too much, but if like, it's a, it's a little creature movie where a troll fucking turns people into plants. That's all you really need to know. And then kind of dive into it from there. Like you're going to have a good time. Uh, if you're looking at this and expecting like a gore fest, I, I you're not going to get that. No, no. It's a fantasy movie. Yeah, 100%. You get a little bit with Sonny Bono. Like, it's not bloody or anything, but again, like I joked about Body Melt. Uh, it, it's not as bad as Body Melt. Body Melt, literally, you know, heads are exploding. Body parts are exploding. Penises are exploding. <laughs> um, but you do get a little bit of that with Sonny when his face starts fucking, like, bleeding and everything. But that's the extent of it. It's not really that kind of movie. Um, but yeah, Phil's great, especially the creature work. Uh, just everything he does with his eyes. And I wonder how much of that is Phil and... I don't know, was there animatronics involved with that at all, do you know? Well, his eyes are Phil, but the face is uh, expressions done by the puppeteer. Well, they did a really great job between the actor and the puppeteers because this thing is very emotive. All the body movements are Phil, but yeah. the, but the like the eyebrows and the nose and the mouth, that's all a puppeteer doing that. Because like a lot of the smaller creatures, like I mean, I'm not saying anything too obvious here, but you could tell they're creatures, whereas... Um, that the main troll Torok, it's like, dude, like this guy just, it looks real. Like it doesn't look like a costume. And that's, yeah. that's kind of what you want to strive for. And uh, that just kind of like the cherry on top for it for me. Like, you know, the makeup and everything puts it over the edge, but I really like this movie. I mean, I don't know if I go so far as to say it's, it's one of my favorite films ever, but it's, uh, it, it's up there as far as like in this genre. And, uh, again, I always go back to this one and have fond memories and it's just a, it's a joy to watch. There's really, it's a brisk, uh, 90 minutes, put it that way. Yeah. And uh, I would highly recommend it. I mean, watch this if you haven't seen it again, like I'm sure a lot of people are, are on the other end of the spectrum compared to me where I'm like, Oh, I never saw troll two, but I've seen this a bunch of times. I'm sure there's a ton of people listening. Uh, that it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen Troll 2, because it's like that movie that people watch because of, you know, it's so bad, it's good. Right. Uh, and this one, it's like, no, this is just good. Like, you need to check it out if you haven't seen it. And, like, yeah, to your point, like, a lot of people don't even know about this one or or don't bother to go back and check it out or expecting something totally different from it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's on the shelf, and it's been there a long time. Um, I mean, do I even have to tell you that this is on the shelf? I mean... <laughs> This is my favorite movie, like, of all time. I've told this story before, but, like, Video Time in Brick, New Jersey, used to be, was my go-to, and it, uh, for a long time. I even wrote a, um, an article about it for, uh, Josh Schaefer for, for Lunch Meet VHS, uh, about Video Time, because I was there from when I was a kid till, like, when I was a baby, until, you know, I was an adult, when they closed, uh, uh, you know, five five years ago, six years ago, something like that. And, um, you know, Bob would recommend things to my mom for me to watch because there was there were points where I wasn't I wasn't allowed, you know, to get like super scary stuff. But like sh we would rent stuff like a gnome named Norm and Troll and stuff like that. So like that was my first exposure to Empire Pictures and Charles Band and John Carl Beekler and, and that whole universe and all of these things that kind of have shaped my tastes and my interests as a person. And, like, uh, Troll 
was on the shelf. I picked that boy up, I took it home, and instantly fell in love with it. It was it was equal parts freaky, but not too scary when I was a kid. And I just fell in love with it, and I've loved it for years, and I still love it now. Even even watching it for this review, I was laughing. You know, I I was just captivated by by all the makeup effects and 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 all all the good stuff that Beekler brings to this. The lighting is fucking amazing in this. The cinematography is great. It, it feels like a big budget Hollywood movie. Um. And, uh, you know, it's it's just a magical experience for me. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. Um, it, it, it you know, we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, it's like a warm blanket that I just want to wrap myself in. Um, and, you know, when I look for films, uh, older films that I haven't seen, like, that's a quality that's like at the top of the list for me of what I want to find in a, in a, in a film that I haven't seen before. Because... Stuff like this is my bread and butter, you know. You got you got little rubber monsters, you got magic, uh, you got the fantasy element, you got a, you got a pretty decent amount of horror element in this. Even though it's not really a horror film, it's more like a fantasy comedy horror kind of. And again, I I, I feel like this is Beekler's masterwork, not only from uh, effects but also from a directing perspective. And again, I, I, Phil is just so fantastic in this film, and I think it's the, I think it's the best thing he's ever acted in, or or uh, you know because Beekler like wrote it for him, so that, that that's just so amazing to me. And again, like Sean said, I, between him being Malcolm uh, Mallory and and Turok the Troll, I mean both performances are are top notch. Um, and everybody else does a great job too. I mean Michael Morardi is a fucking goof, but I, I love him so much in this film. Shelley Hack is fine. Uh, Noah Hathaway's good. I think um I think he's better in uh Land Before Land Before Time. I think he's better <laughs> I think he's better in Never Ending Story, even though he did this after that, but I you know know how that goes, you know, movie to movie. I think he's a lot better in Never Ending Story than he is in this movie, and I, I don't really know why, you know. Maybe it was the kind of movie they were making, I guess. Uh, I mean, again, you never know. I mean, every every set is different. Maybe Wolfgang was a little bit different of a director than than John was. I don't know. You also got to think, like, uh, you know, never-ending story. Like, a lot of those scenes he's in, compared to this, like, there's a couple super intense scenes, like, towards the very end, but a lot of never-ending story is like, dude, this he's trying to get his fucking horse out of the tar pit. He's racing from one place to the another. It's very spectacular, whereas this is very grounded, and I yeah. think that I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? There, there, there's fantastic elements in Neverending Story to kind of cover up his acting a little bit. You know what I mean? Or, or, or aid it. I, yeah, I think. I think maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. I mean, we we definitely need to cover Neverending Story, but um, but yeah, not to get too long winded on this, but uh, but yeah, I, I love this movie so much. And again, uh, Sean nailed it. You know, you probably heard of Troll Two, and you've seen that a bunch of times, or like goofed off with your friends and watched it, but like, uh, watch Troll. You know, Troll is one of those flicks that comes around once every few decades. Like, I don't know. There's just something about this movie that is magic. That is purely magic um, in every sense of the word. And everything's real in there and you can touch it and see it and the actors can touch it and see it. And uh, it's just great. It's it's just great. It, it really is. Uh, yeah, so so stay tuned because Connor is going to... Um, Connor's going to give you what he thinks of this flick. Um either at the end of this episode or uh, this week in a video, maybe. We'll see. Um, but yeah, if you uh, 
you can always support us if you go over to that Patreon because we got some good stuff cooking over there. We got the we got for for Fallen Empire month, we have the Ghoulies 2 watch along replay up there. We got the Cellar Dweller watch along replay up there. We're going to have the Arena commentary track up there. We got some good shit over there. And you sign up for those 5 or 10 dollar tiers, you get all of that stuff plus uh, you can get yourself a sticker pack with that five uh, five dollar tier. The ten dollar tier, you get a T shirt, you get a pin, you get a sticker pack, all that good stuff. Plus access to the commentary tracks, plus access to the um, the watch alongs, live watch alongs with us, and the replays. Of course, the archived replays. And the uh, two dollar tier even gives you access to like all the behind the scenes stuff. And we will be starting. Uh, maybe not this month, but maybe in October or somewhere in the near future, put it that way, uh, mailbag videos that are going to go out onto Patreon. And uh, we just uh, open that P.O. box and you can send your stuff to us and we'll open it on a mailbag video coming soon. Send it to Movie Dumpster at P.O. Box 918, Banger, that's B-A-N-G-O-R, Pennsylvania, 18013. And... Uh, you can find that online on our social media or on Patreon if you need to get that uh, info again. And uh, we also have some more things behind the scenes. We're cooking up for Patreon. Nothing to announce yet, but we're talking about new things to add there uh, for you uh, dumpster dwellers over on Patreon. Especially for that $2 tier. The $2 tier is going to get a, um, a little bit more access to other things, but uh, the 5 and 10 are still going to get you those watch-alongs and commentary tracks. Yep. For sure. Which aren't going to be on the $2 tier. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. And as always, we always say it at the end of the episode, but if you just give us a review wherever you listen to this or leave us five stars or a thumbs up, or again, if you want to write something that helps to get us out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums and uh, just let more people know about the show, get some more dumpster dwellers in here. We got plenty of room. The dumpster's very big. Oh, the, the dumpster's, the gar the trash is fine. Folks, okay, hop on in. Make sure, uh, make sure you go to the Apple Podcast. I think that helps the most. If you if you're listening on an Apple device, I don't care what app you're listening on, whether it's Stitcher or whatever. But if you go, just 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 open that Apple Podcast app, would you? And just leave us a review there with five stars. That's like that's huge, 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 huge. Um, and again, it, it doesn't cost you anything except a couple minutes of your time. Right, not even for a cup of coffee. It's free. Not even for a cup of coffee, and we're and we're giving you these shows. We give you these. These are all again. We'll never put the main show behind a paywall, so you always have uh, these episodes to listen to. So, um, if you can give a little back, that would be that would be amazing by leaving that review. And uh, stay tuned because we got some good stuff for for uh, for the month of September. Yeah, we got some more guest stars. We got we got a couple of uh, people coming back, some MD uh, alumni. Yeah, we got some returning guests, um, and we're gonna have some more talks from the dark side for you, uh, a watch along, and uh, some other goodies. So uh, so definitely check that out. We're almost there, guys and gals, and everything in between. The, the the triumphant return of Trick or Trash is coming for this October. So, uh, but before then. September is going to be a hoot, so uh, so keep your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes peeled six times! Just keep them peeled six times! So that's it. That's Troll from 1986, directed by John Carl Beekler. If you want some more good, bad, and god-awful movie goodness, head over to moviedumpsterpodcast.com and follow us on all of your favorite social media and streaming platforms. You can also head on over to our Patreon page and sign up for the 2 5 or $10 tiers for monthly exclusive content, or drop by our merch store and grab yourself uh, some non-committal swag. Yeah, and for no money at all, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to support your favorite show. I'm Joel Lascola. And I'm Sean O'Rourke. Thanks for visiting the dumpster.